Hello and welcome to the Unity Souls Radio Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adam West, the Wizard of Rock. And I am the other host, Dylan Matthews, Mouth of the River. How is it going, everybody? I hope you're doing well today. It's good to see you again. Uh, yes, yes, mate. It's been a busy, uh, busy couple of weeks. So uh, Indeed. <laughs> yeah, we um, we got a busy show today as well. Quite an important guest coming on. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about this uh, wonderful guest that we have. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we have Dr. Wynne Thomas, and for anybody who follows Dr. Wynne Thomas, you might be um, familiar with his books on history. You might be familiar with his uh, pieces of music, which are lovely, to say the least. I've, I've given quite a few of his tracks a listen um, from one of his albums, Orion's Belt. Um, in fact, I think that's his most recent album release or his only album release. I'm not 100% sure um, or can't quite recall which one. But um, yeah, no, he's he's a lovely guy to talk to. Um, and he was the first guy who I actually got the opportunity to interview. But unfortunately, now that we've sort of like changed things up a little bit, we thought yeah. that it would be good to redo the interview um, and give him a chance to talk about uh, his new book, which we'll be releasing very soon. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. I've got lots of questions lined up for the guy. So uh, I hope that he can bat them out of the park and, uh, you know, give us some good content. (laughs) Yeah, I've been looking over his um, website. It's really quite Mm. impressive. So if I could um, quickly screenshot that before we actually get him on the show. Um, Let's see if I can remember to do this screenshot now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so here we go. This is Dr. Wynne Thomas. Um, we're only going to do a quick uh, rundown of this uh, before we actually ask him to introduce himself and what he's all about. Um, so, yes, he's quite a busy chap. He's an author. Um, um, like uh, Dylan said, he's going to be talking about his new book, uh, which is called uh, Ryan's Belt, I believe. Uh, uh, his new book is Tarawin, I think it's Tarawin New Dawn or something like that. Oh, right, um, okay, cool. Well, but well, his well, album's Orion's Belt and it's uh, full of amazing music. So plug that, plug that hard. Yeah, plug, plug that hard, <laughs> no problem. Well, uh, this gentleman's a historian as well. He's got a very rich history, um, a musician, and has played with some very interesting people. I was having a read of this. It's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to him about the, uh, the, the music side of it. He's been involved with media as well, uh, television, mm. radio. Uh, this guy is... Is, uh, should be really, really interesting to uh, talk to. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, but before we do, we're going to do a bit of shameless plugging, as always. Um, yeah, well, if you don't do the shameless plug, we know what happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. We don't get followers. <laughs> we don't get followers, unfortunately. No, it's just the way the world works. Okay, um, so here we go. We're going to do the shameless plug. Right, I wonder how see. Jesus did it. It must have been easy for him. He didn't have to do any plugging of merchandise. He just well, sort no, of like, it, you know, went about. People just started following him around, you know. It, it seems so easy for him. <laughs> it wasn't, was it? It didn't work out very well for him, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair, actually. One of the people did got, turn his back on him. So I think, I, think, I think he probably had a lot of woke people back then as well, which he had to contain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun, right? Okay, so for those of you that don't know anything about us and have already heard this before, feel free to skip to the main interview, which will be coming up very, very soon. Um, in about 15 minutes from now, the date is the 13th of April 2023. Okay, so what are we all about? Well, we interview. Uh, we also... Uh, do some podcasts, uh, filmmaking. We're also involved, me and Dylan, with some of the event festivals we put on. We co-host in a sort of wrestling-style 
uh, commentary thing, which we really quite enjoy and people seem to like. So we started the podcast to basically talk about spiritual well-being and the direction of where humanity's going and maybe some oddities here and there. Uh, this is our Linktree account, uh, the Unity of Souls Radio. They're at the top. Um, get me the little arrow there. Um, yes, so that's our main page at the top there. Then we're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, we've got some useful links there, which is our main website. Everything's on there, but the Linktree is... I think Linktree is pretty good for uh, spreading information around and putting everything on there, basically. Event tickets for all events we got on. Uh, we've got the June event coming up, which is the Rockfest. We've got uh, the Dizzy Lizzy Tribute Band. And a couple of other, uh, three other bands on there as well. Um, we also have an August event coming up, which is the third year for the Gothic Doomfest. Uh, we have the merch page, my favourite page. Uh, lots and lots of merch for all the bands, um, my, my, my own band, as well as some of the merchandise that we have for the events that we put on. Our Patreon site, not much on there at the moment. And then Buy Us a Coffee, which obviously out funds what we're doing here. And then we are on Facebook um, for the social links, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Spotify, Tumblr, and VK. Now, uh, what we'd like everybody to do is go on the Spotify page, because on the Spotify page, not a Spotify page, was it? Yeah, not Spotify. Didn't want Spotify. That's where our audio will be going. So let's go back and try that again, shall we? Um, get off... Oh, typical. Here we go. Okay, on the YouTube. Okay, so that's where the audio, the visual of what you will see me and Dylan, not doing very well today. I'm so, so tired. Um, <laughs> the YouTube channel, uh, Smashy Swan, is where you can find us, not the Unity of Souls. It's Smashy Swan. Everything that me and Dylan do in terms of the podcast will be on here. There's quite a lot going on. Look, you can see my beautiful face. I'm everywhere, aren't I? Um, there's quite a few videos there. The list goes on and on and on. Oh, subscribe. All you got to do is sub and like. It's really quite easy. Then we get to notify you via the bell. And happy days. Okay, our Spotify page is nice and easy if you're familiar with it. These two here are the events that we put on and the bands that we put on and their music, if you're interested in that at all. So, yeah, we're quite involved and quite quite um active with that but at the moment we're trying to focus our attention on the podcasts um and in order to do that um and push everything else we obviously we have to do a bit of shameless plugging and that was our shameless plug um i can't seem to get off the screen Da-na, there we go <laughs> that's our shameless plug um and while we wait for dr win thomas we we mustn't get that wrong um there may be short breaks in our show where I have to zip off very quickly because my cats know I'm podcasting and like to scratch the hell out of the door. Hello, Wynn. How are you doing today? Hello, Dylan. Good to speak to you again. Yes, always a pleasure to speak to you, Wynn. It was an absolute lovely time last time. Um, it's unfortunate that we haven't been able to use that interview, but I'm hoping that we can have a more fruitful discussion this time round because it was lovely. It really was lovely last time, so I'm glad to be able to get another chance at this. Um, I I know that you've been quite busy this morning. Um, anything that you want to disclose thus far? Uh, well, finishing touches to um, my current project, really. So I've been looking forward to this interview and getting my th thoughts together for this. And uh, yeah, it's all it's all gone well. My usual had a bit of a run this morning, as I tend to do most mornings and well every Ooh, other morning. So very nice, so always good. Ahead. Yeah, it clears yeah. the head, look after the body, that's always good. So for anybody listening, please do go for a run this morning and listen to this whilst you're out, out on the trails. Um, I just wanted to ask you whether you wanted to um, disclose anything that you do yourself, maybe mention a little bit about what you do, what your interests are, what your major passions are. Um, well, I, my main passions in life, I'd, 
for the family and, and friends would be like, um, I've been working on my, on, as you know, my current project, which is my third book, which is coming up for release by Lova uh, early May. Uh, so I've been working on that, really, and, and getting in touch with people to do with the forwards and just basically, you know, preparing myself for the next stage of the enterprise, really, which is all the mm. promotional side of it, which is enjoyable, actually. Well, it just goes to show that writing is a lot more than just sitting in a room and being able to put your thoughts down on paper, that there are a lot of um, background things that go into the management of it. Is that right to say? Oh, very, very absolutely spot on. I, I think there's so so much of your time you can feel as if you're alone in your study writing in the early hours of the morning. And it can feel quite an isolating, lonely process in that sense, having assembled all the all the research. Um, so you're surrounded by boxes of research and interview notes and one thing and another, and you think, right, I've got to turn all that lot into a flowing narrative, which hopefully gets the message across and accommodates all manner of, of opinions and points of view. Mm. Um, and then, but it's it's good actually. It's it's also an A to Z approach to it, and it's one of the things that you do in your life that you realise it isn't just a, an easy exercise. Anything that takes application and focus is is hopefully going to come up with the goods at the end of the day really do you actually yeah. enjoy you actually enjoy some of the chaotic part of that then do you the, the what part of it the chaotic part of it so like um like as a musician yes. myself when we do gigs i quite enjoy lunking yeah. gear upstairs and setting it up and a lot of people they're just like oh no i just want to set it up and that's it and then i go i quite enjoy all that aspect yourself as well yes yeah definitely it's all part of the it's mm. all part of the process I mean, I enjoy the tune. Going back to the musician side of what I do, I enjoy the tuning up side of it. I enjoy getting the levels right, and again, getting you know, polishing those lyrics, getting the getting those sevenths and the ninths just just as you want them to sound. So it's, you know, I tend to find if I'm writing something, it's it's you know, it's a light on, light off experience for me. And mm. same with writing books. You know, that if an idea comes to me, it doesn't matter what time of day or the night it is. It's it's you write it down pick up your guitar and try and get that sound exactly as you want it. Yeah. And, and history is the same. You know, I want, if, if an idea comes to me as to a line of questioning or a, a, a particular approach of analyzing the information that worth developing that. Having said all that, it is nice to see the conclusion of any project as well. If you've given something your absolute all and you're proud of the product, it's nice to say, right, there's nothing more I can do with this. So it's almost as if mm. right, it's over to you now as a listener or a, or a reader. Yes. You draw, you draw your own conclusions because I've done my best. Yeah, it's mm. like completion and then move on. Much the same way with projects. I set my mind at something. I do a project. Once it's done, I move it aside, move on. I find it yeah. quite easy to do it that is, way. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I find it quite fascinating the, uh, the, because in one sense, writing a book and writing a song, they are kind of the same, but there are different processes that go towards it. And, um, you know, you learn different techniques but they sort of influence each other and it then becomes sort of a way that you see the world the way that you live your life you know you take in a lot you reflect on it and then it, it becomes a conclusion of some sort so I, I love that element of writing and you know um, musicianship as well uh, yeah. and, and that leads me on to my first question actually which is um, when, when were you first inspired and why were you first inspired to start writing music in particular? Um, I, I, I got into music and history around about the same sort of age, really. So uh, five or six, probably earlier than that, actually, because my mother used to sort of set me down 
put on a stack of records in this antiquated record player we had and then go and clean the house or something. So I was just lost in this sort of magical world of imagery and and it, and it's it helped sort of the, the imagination and the creative process, I think. So I fell in love with music from a very, very early age. Yeah, and then history, you know, leading to your point again about how they're similar processes, because I think the sort of music that I've always been drawn to, which is very lyrical, and very imaginative and uh, stuff like Bob Dylan or John Lennon at this sort of Eye of the Warist, well, any of his stages really, mm. but it's, it's life. It's life in all its rich color, which is why I love music, which is well-crafted because I love history, which is also a reflection of, of life and all its true color as well. Nice, so yeah. they mirror each other very, very well for me. I think. So the deeply rooted Dylan would be my, re my reply. I couldn't yeah, imagine my life I've without it. Absolutely, absolutely. It seems to have definitely influenced who you've become in life and, you know, the perspectives that you hold, which is is what we look for in the passions that we have in our lives, you know. I've always found yeah, uh, found the ancestry uh, lineage quite interesting as well. Like sometimes we gravitate towards certain things. Um, yeah, and what I find quite interesting is the, the um, the lineage that we have, you know, uh, our ancestry lineage. I know some of us obviously don't, we haven't looked back too far on it, but I often wonder with myself um, if, you know, how I, re I know my parents are very musical, but um, I seem to be doing a lot more music than they ever have played um, and put, put uh, events on and stuff. Um, and I think for me, it'd be nice to go back to a, um, to find out if there was, if, if there was something quite significant as to why I'm so attracted to the music, other than just my parents, you know, um, that's that's something I wish I could do. I just don't have the, uh, the tools, the means, all the time really to do it. But uh, I find I find that quite interesting. If you, if you do manage to find people that have a, a rich history of music or even um, poetry or their authors, you usually find that it travels back quite some time, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I would think so. My mother's very musical. Um, from what I understand, my great grandfather set up choirs in the local area with the Do Re Mi approach and this sort of thing. Um, so it's and, and going back to history, doing my DNA profile, it is fascinating to discover that my on my patrilineal on my father's side goes right back to the three thousand years to the, the the Beaker people who arrived in Wales or this region of Wales. Um, so we're probably again deeply rooted so it seems mm. to me that the things that mean most to me i can i have some sort of ancestral link mm. and some sort of emotional attachment which is probably coming from somewhere i would think Almost yeah, certainly, I would always quite always quite fascinated with that um i mean it brings me yeah. on to uh, my question with the music going back to what i was mentioning just then uh I mean, I've been having a look at your website. It's really quite impressive. I said to Dylan, I, th I think we're going to have to probably get um, a couple of interviews with yourself because uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to cover everything in the hour, but we'll certainly cover the important parts. Uh, my question was, I mean, I see you've had some involvement with other artists in your time, namely Gary Newman, Shaken mm. Stevens, and uh, a few others. So um, being quite uh, a music uh, fanatic myself, I'm quite interested to, the, uh, to find out a little bit more about that, if you don't mind telling us about it. That's absolutely fine. It's, I should say that my link to them is through somebody else. <laughs> I, I worked fine, with man. Andrew. Yeah, make that make that quite clear. I worked okay. with Andrew Koshel, who's a, who, who's a bass player with with people like Gary Newman and oh, yeah. uh, Martha Hughes, one thing or another. But he, I've been working with artists like that. I mean, they're just fantastic. They just buy into your song mm. and what you what you're trying to convey. So there's no sort of ego involved 
at all. They sort of listen and understand where you're going with it and are happy to further that alongside alongside you, which is wonderful. So that they've had obviously had a big impact in if um, some of your music as well. Because I tend to find anybody that uh, takes their music quite seriously, even on the professional level, it's like, look, we know what needs to be done. Like, um, And as you say, egos can be a big problem in um, bands. I've experienced it myself. Um, when you want to really settle down and write some music, you find it quite difficult. So, yeah, it's nice. To, I wouldn't mind getting attached to quite uh, some other artists as well. Um, sadly, I work all weekends. It's very difficult. <sighs> Everything has to be yeah. done online. Like, you know, so, well, there you go. Yeah, I think it's 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 getting the right people actually. So I think for, it's not just a musicianship, is it? You want the mm. you want the right personalities and characters as well. Sure, yeah. Who, who you can so you have this sort of vision in your head, and similarly with with the history, because you have a vision as to where the history is taking you. And I'm brilliant. I've been so lucky with my publisher that he's bought into that and has given me free reign to develop the history. Well, equally with the musicians. They've been very receptive to the idea of this is what I'm hearing in my head and I need your help to take it further. So excellent. if I just said, this is, you know, yeah, it's wonderful. And I say, yeah, what about this? Does this work? It's, 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 part, it's, it's partly sort of given them some degree of direction, but obviously for the most part, they're so accomplished. They know what they, they pretty very, very quickly understand what you're getting at anyway. It makes things so it's, much it's, easier as well, especially when they're on the right level with you. Mm -hmm. They're just like, yeah, yeah. And then, then there's that link and connection and everything just flows quite nice. Um, so yeah yeah it's, it's wonderful yeah direction that's is <laughs> well that, that that's the amazing thing about um you know writing or uh, music is that it's all part of a process as i said earlier um and i know that a big process that you took throughout your life was um the traveling side of it i i understand that you are quite an experienced traveler um and i i'm really curious as to how that's enriched your perspective your life um whether it's had any sort of influence towards your writing your your musicianship or anything like that oh hugely i think one of the things i've, I've most enjoyed about the, the traveling is the fact that it it, it, it provides a perspective and so on the one hand you you had you develop this, this sort of um sense of the human family which is absolutely wonderful but at the same time it does make you realize how special your part of the world is mm. so going out to the world from from wales um you're sort of thinking well i want to know about other cultures i want to see i want to learn how other societies and other communities sort of learn and thrive and interact and all these wonderful things but it does the sense of distance does enable you to look back and say well actually wales has its own special place in the world here mm. and so you're able to see it all in, in, a, in, a, in a much broader perspective really so I've, I mean, let's say it's very kind of you. To, it's very generous of you to say an experienced traveler. It's something like about twenty months or something, which which isn't huge, but um, it, it's a, it's enough to give you a, a, a sense of the world beyond. You know mm. what's on the other side of that hill, and it's it's that type of approach to it all. Really, I want to know what's going on the other side of that hill, and you keep going and you keep going, mm. and, and wherever you are, you find that people are basically the same, which is you know wonderful. Doesn't matter who, in which country in the world you're in, you, you basically find that people are generally the same, want mm. the same things for themselves and for their children and so on. You know. Have you mm. travelled uh, to many places uh, in the world? Um, I've, oh gosh, I don't. I went to Australia for six months when I, a week after my 18th. So I went from a village in Red Wales to mm. to Sydney. That was quite a, a shock. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful i mean fantastic but then the second time then my late 20s i flew into i landed in tel aviv 
And 12 months later, I flew out in New York. So I'd, I'd sort of gone around the world. And I was in India for about three months in Nepal and Thailand. And Wow. Okay. Did you do Did you do a lot of that traveling completely by yourself or did you have like a traveling companion of sorts? When I went to Australia when I was 18, I went with a traveling companion, somebody I met mm. in college and his family lived over there. So we were doing the same course together. So we said, okay, you know, um, he stayed on for 12 months. I came back up to six. But the, it, it felt almost like an itch, really. You know, I was mm. talking to my, my wife and her brother went traveling. So I met up with, I knew her before we, you know, but we married later. Um, and she was saying how much she'd enjoyed the experience. And I thought, well, exactly. You know, it, it, that six months in Australia was never quite enough. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I worked in the care industry for four years, four or five years, and saved and saved and saved, worked, you know, most, every, every week, six very often seven days a week. Mm. And slowly I began to get this idea together where I wanted to go. And, and part of the joy again was, was, was planning for this trip in mm. a process of, you know, where, where did I want to go? How much is going to cost? How I could get from there to there and so on. And so the second time I met people while I was away. Um, I traveled with a Korean girl for a little while in Egypt and Jordan, um, the German lad I traveled with him for a little while but most of the time I was almost on my you know almost exclusively on my own with uh, armed with a you know the BBC World Service and a, and a notepad and a pen that's so, amazing that's amazing I, I, I'm, what a really, I'm really curious though okay. would you say that there were any individuals that you met on your travels that really sort of changed your life in any kind of way I know that that might be quite a high level to live up to but you know anybody who you still think about to this day still resonates with you I think it's just the you know I was watching things I've been watching recently things like the Michael Palin on a Saturday night and that type mm. of thing um, and he, I think he's absolutely correct in saying it's just the general interaction. And it mm. might not seem like a particularly important event, but somebody will sit next to you on a bus in India and you'll spend the next hour chatting to them about their life. And so those people you know, pop into my mind every now and mm. again. I wonder what happened to her. I wonder what happened to him. And, mm. and they were, some of them were sort of elderly gentlemen who, who could remember the Raj and had a very British imperial sort of view of it all. Not mm. terribly flattering, really. Mm. And, and you'd have to explain, you know, that this was, um, and he saw, and they would see me in a totally different light to those people. But nonetheless, their own memories of Britain, not all bad, I have to say, you know, they, they brought, I, I don't I don't want to use the word civility to it, but they introduced us to the idea of queuing rather than mm. everybody rushing, and all, <laughs> all these little sort of inconsequential things. But nonetheless, so I was, it was just fascinating to sit back and listen to their story yeah. in much the same way that, Prior to prior to, to embarking on the trip, I'd spent four years listening to elderly people describe their war experiences. I love all that. Yeah, I so used to love listening to my nan with yeah. the stories of the old days. And I find just, yeah, like you said, just talking to average day people is an experience yeah. in itself. There are special, special moments. I've, I've met some people as well, just random people you'll never see again. And you're just like, that was a really interesting conversation. Boom, gone. You know, yeah, uh, well, it's quite sad that, at the my, same time. Yeah. Well, my mother-in-law's got a great expression that everybody's life is a book. And I think she's absolutely spot mm -hmm. on because mm -hmm. you speak, you speak to it, you speak to anybody and they've all got experiences and memories and regrets, things they're proud of, things they're not so proud of. And it all sort of shapes who this person is. So you sat on the bus in India, somebody says, do you mind if I sit next to you, sir? Or, you know, mm -hmm. something of that nature. Please do. And then you spend the next two hours chatting to a total stranger and you, you know, barriers are broken down. 
Yeah, and it's yeah, just right. t- two humans in, in exchanging ideas and experiences, really, and learning from mm. one another, hopefully. But certainly from my experience, it was just, it was so enriching just to sit back and listen and feel and just look out of the window at different environments. And, you know, it's, I, I, I'd recommend it to anybody, actually. I was going to ask whether you feel like you ever would want to do that kind of thing again, or do you feel like you've gained everything that you could at this time in your life from the travels that you've already done? Oh, I don't think you ever stop learning, do you? I mean, it's, no, it's, a, it's, a continu- yeah. <laughs> it's a continual learning process. And I think what I'd like to do is, is possibly get to the end of these projects mm. um, and then, then perhaps my wife is trying to say, well, why don't you sort of have this extended holiday, which you, you probably deserve, and you've given a lot of time and effort to things over the goodness knows how many years now. So in some ways, it'd be nice to say, well, my projects are now coming to an end, and they've all seemed to have culminated at pretty much the same time, which is quite interesting. Mm. So having gone into Nepal last time, I didn't make it into Tibet. It wasn't the done thing in the in the mid-90s. Uh, ah, okay. um, so what I'd love to do is go back to to, to, well, for the first time, go to Tibet, overland yeah. from the poles. Whether or not that happens later this year, I don't know, but that's the plan. Well, that's the dream. Let's get you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> dream. Well, yeah, when we talk about um, recording our uh, memories um, and the, our experiences, um, I suppose it leads us on to um, one of the questions, um, the reason why we want to try and get you on the show, really, was um, you have a new book coming out, um, which I know a couple of quite a lot of people i'm sure will be very interested in you in a bit so why don't you take this opportunity and tell us a little bit about your new book well thank you very much it's called chinorelli in the new dawn um it's taking goodness knows quite a number of years to research and write but i've as we say got there in the end it basically tells the the journey the constitutional journey of the chinorelli bill and the flooding of the valley to provide water for liverpool um, but again, with my fascination with the human story, I've looked at the impact of the flooding of the valley on the local community, uh, but also in a global context as well. So let's let's keep this. It's important to Wales, I think. It's it's mm. the flooding of the valley sort of concentrated minds, and I think it made people of a nationalist leaning and and many besides to realise that without adequate parliamentary protection, Wales was extremely vulnerable mm. politically and culturally. So I think it did lead. To the turning of the wheels if you like towards what we now recognize as the senate and the welsh parliament um so what i've tried to do is say okay while this is important let's keep it in perspective as well really and where do we how do we learn from this as a, as a nation but the human story as i say is for me the most compelling part of the history i write so there's a lot of human stories and experiences and how the flooding of the valley impacted on their lives when they were sort of young, you know, five, six, seven, eight, mm. they're now in their seventies and eighties, you know. So, but it's uh, the book is released by Yolva on the fifth of May. So, fifth of May, okay, no problem. Well, well obviously, after we've done the, uh, the interview, we'll put quite a few tickers across where they can get hold of this book and and such. I can't do it uh, at the moment on the screen, but uh, mm. we'll get to do that so people can check it out. No problem. Uh, would you like to elaborate a bit more on the book, just? So we don't want to give too much away to everybody because we'd like people to buy the book, obviously, so they can find a bit, yeah. uh, some information out about it. But uh, could you elaborate a bit more on it at all? Well, I think the most pleasing aspect of it all is um, 
it's 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 regarded as the definitive account of this important event and that's that's coming from senior british politicians like lord brooke and lord peter okay. brooke who went on to become well was the secretary of state for northern ireland under margaret thatcher um there's a lot of sort of lord uh, lord Alistair morgan lord david wigley so i've there's sort of that sort of british establishment view of it which is very supportive of the book and what i'm trying to get across okay. but also the people that i've interviewed at in in more of a sort of community sense have said well actually you've been you've been true to my story here as well mm. so and i don't I, i'm not sure it's that difficult actually I, i'm told mm. how difficult it is to, to to keep to being impartial well i'm not sure it is i think all you have to do is give everybody a fair crack of the whip and say right this is this is my this is your interview please tell me your thoughts and i'll i'll provide the opportunity through the pages to to give your side of the story oh, and i think people buy in you know, people buy into that. It doesn't have to be an angle. You just, if you're committed to letting history tell its own story, I think it just takes on its own direction. And people say, well, actually, you've been fair there. You've been critical. You haven't, you know, you haven't been afraid to ask the, the difficult question. But at the same time, you've been very fair with what with my response. And, you know, it's, it's provided a sort of clarity and, and by cross-referencing as well, really. Mm. You can see that, you know, you can see why people feel the way they did um but then say well okay there's this side of the story let's let's hear that side of the story mm. so it, it provides a, it provides a fullness and i think people appreciate that so to, to to have this described as the definitive account of an important episode in recent british political history is, is fantastic for me it makes all the the late nights very worthwhile I <laughs> good, good i i want to ask did you know the extent of the challenge that you were undertaking because i assume that when you came to this project you had a particular perspective in mind but i, I i'd like to know whether the process of it did, did it change you at all did it make you realize wow this uh, this is quite an undertaking yeah very very quickly you realize i mean it's it's I, the way i do anything i think it, it's just a, i can't really do anything heart in sort of a half-hearted mm. manner anyway so I think if you're going to do it, you've really got to immerse yourself and put pretty much live, eat and breathe it, to be honest, to get the very, very best out of it. And so um, even going to the National Archives, for instance, and seeing the wealth of information there, when you, I spent however many, I think two weeks, day after day after day, long days, going through file after file after file, you know, wealth of information. But it's then over to the National, up to the National Library in Aberystwyth, you with the same approach. Then up to Liverpool, get the Liverpool perspective. What's their what's their city archive? What do they offer the story? You know, and it's all the Liverpool. Of course, it's going to be the Liverpool perspective. Why we feel as a city, we need to undertake this this reservoir construction because of housing issues, and it and you know there's always a criticism in Wales historically, at least. I hope my book actually does change attitudes to some extent because it's this deeply entrenched view that what Liverpool did was wrong. Mm. Um, well read the book and see it from their perspective they had a housing situation the worst slum housing in britain alongside glasgow the money to to undertake this regeneration this rehousing program has to come from somewhere so the central government assistance but a lot of it has to come from money raised by liverpool so in order to improve the water can the supply to the city and, and Liverpool is all, also obligated to provide water to neighbouring authorities, which goes back to the 1880 bill, which led to the flooding of Lake, uh, the creation of Lake Vernery. Um, so there's, I would say, you know, accounts in the book which give 
what life was like living in these slum areas was absolutely mm. horrific. Mm. Oh, so really interesting. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, get you know, we all deserve to live with, with dignity. So let's get people out of there into decent homes, decent housing, give them the opportunities to better their lives. So I think it was part of that process. However, in recognition to the, dare I say, the Welsh perspective, I do think it could have been handled much, much better. There was no sensitivity. There was no sort of um, understanding of the impact upon Welsh cultural life. It was just seen as big brother. So I think the way they, they went about it was wrong, really. Mm. Um, and probably reflected a certain imperial view which may have existed within the sort of city authorities at the time. So I, I end the book with saying, okay, let's, you know, of course people need water, but these things have to be undertaken with dignity and sensitivity. And if there is a lesson to be learned from this, then that surely is it, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. In terms of um, novels, um, books, anything like that, the you can't beat a good book personally, can you? I know there's this culture no. at the moment where everything is going digital. Um, and I, I find that you kind of lose, um, like me and Dylan were talking about um, vinyl uh, in one show. Um, we are talking about the infamous Jeff Wayne's musical version, War of the Worlds, and how inspiring that was for us to listen to um, and the amount of work that went into it. And I said, it's that tactile contact of that album. <laughs> now you can put that digitally online much as um, they do with books. Um, and I find you kind of lose something when you do that. You know, with the book, it's there and you've got it and nothing changes. And there's lots of references, book notes you can make. I've got quite a few interesting books I can't mention on the show. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're a little bit controversial. Um, uh, most of them are about like uh, health um, and some alternative treatments and most most platforms don't like that sort of uh, stuff but um, it's nice to have them because they a lot of them are at a print uh, some of them you can't um, you can't get digitally online so I, I like to think that with what you've put into your book um, and what it talks about so having something like that is quite precious especially for those that have lived through it and understood it and like you said if you've give a really good account uh, on both sides of what's went on uh, yeah it's, it sounds fascinating it sounds really good and yeah, there's there's also something that I'd like to touch on because I I feel like at the moment that's actually a really powerful publication that could come to light. The idea to change attitudes towards certain things that happen in the world is something that we all sort of need to get behind at the moment because obviously we're in a very turbulent social climate and so people see things that happen and, and immediately react to them and obviously with media as it is at the moment people can just state their opinion as though it's fact and it becomes their their truth and it it can then become the truth of a small community of people who can then go on to influence others so with that in mind um the idea to be able to change um attitudes i i would see as being a very very huge achievement so to just take it back from um getting too deep into the uh into the social constructs and all that sort of stuff um I, i'm curious to know what is your what do you feel as though your proudest achievement up until this point has been what what are you most proud that you have put out into the world Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think that is a good question, that... Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep as well. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's all right. That's, that's mm. good. I th I th um, well, I, I suppose it would be that then, the approach, which is, I mean, and I, I dare say it's coming from a concerted, 
approach of listening to Sergeant Pepper's age 13 and seeing how intricate it is and how, how it's brilliantly put together and then saying, well, and then reading, you know, well-constructed history and then saying, okay, this is important because it does change attitudes. Listening to Bob Dylan when I was 13 absolutely opened my eyes to the idea of, of being more socially aware and blowing in the wind and being racially tolerant and being tolerant of everybody who isn't like you. Well, of course you should be. Mm. You know, everybody's point of view is important. doesn't mean to say that you, your, your point of view isn't important as well. But be open to the idea that, you know, teach me something. Educate me. And I think if there's something, some of the nicest, well, I've had lovely letters and messages and even people come up to me if I'm shopping very occasionally I say thank you. Tap on the shoulder. So sorry to disturb you. Was, you know, thank you very much for the book. Really enjoyed it. Opened my eyes. Didn't realize this. Didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, all I've done is listen to other people. So I'm, I see myself not so much as any sort of great oracle in all of this, but more the conduit. Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is listening to people's point of view, condensing it in, in, a, in what I hope is an analytically attractive way, which so it's readable. There's no point giving it, making it so you know yeah. so sort of highfalutin that people can't follow it. It's going to be readable and, and you have to engage yeah. with it. Mm. But, but then make it... Um, so I, I think what it is, is, it's that really for me, Dylan. It's, it's mm. the people have sort of said, I've, I've learned from what you've done. You've, you've, um, you've helped me understand the other, you know, to use the great, you know, the, the historian's view of it or the other. Who is the other? What do they represent? And as, particularly as you, you're quite rightly pointing out, in this current climate, it's almost as if people have become like circle the wagons and, and anybody who's outside of that tent is not welcome. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we develop? Where have we, how on earth do you think we've thrived as a species to get this far without interaction and knowledge and exchanging of ideas mm-hmm. yeah. where we see what's happening now, where people see what's in Ukraine, for instance, how on earth can that policy as undertaken by Putin possibly be good for anybody? You know, th- these are policies which belong in another century, and we've got to learn better ways of, of developing our, our ideas and our understanding of one another. So going back to the idea of, of why traveling is important to me, it's probably important to me for that reason, because it opens your eyes. You realize that people are basically the same wherever you are. Whatever language they're speaking in, however they may look in a physical context, it doesn't mean a damn thing, because what they want is exactly the same as that person over there. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um yeah, I found when I talk to uh, many people, I don't talk to enough people, um, I find. Uh, my life consists of uh, music, working in a box, sleeping in a box. So, so you talk to the same people all the time. But when you do uh, get the opportunity to talk to interesting people, um, it really does open your eyes and your mind to um, the world and how much of it you, you miss by not traveling. So I do envy you in, quite, in, uh, in many ways. Um, I'd certainly like to travel and myself uh, you did mention something about um, um that obviously telling the story and talking to people and um, obviously you're involved with um you got involved with um but uh, you got some reviews though i think is it with newspapers or journalism um is that right am i reading that right yeah and publications so you've had a hand in writing a few reviews and stuff with uh, the newspapers yeah, it's 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 one of the good things about being freelance. Really, sort of, people tap in and say, "Can you write a review for this book?" Or, yeah, particularly, I enjoy the promo process as well because if, if there is a sort of Q and A Q&A process like this where you're able yeah. to bring in your influences, um, so that's good then to 
I mean, I, going back to the lyrics of the songs, I think it's, you know, I don't, I don't know if you would agree, Dylan, having listened to the album, but it, the, one of the, the things I'm most proud of is, it would be the lyrics. Mm. You know, so I think that's an that's just a further extension of your writing skills, whether it's the, directed in a historian's way or in a writing of music way, you know, so. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, if somebody was to say to me, would you like to write music as a project? I, I'm, you know, there's another album on the way, hopefully. So, yeah, well, please, please tell us about the album. That was my next question. So it's a nice uh, segue, segue into that. Um, yeah, so obviously the new album you've got coming out is called The Ryan's Belt. Uh, interesting name. Uh, I would certainly like to hear a bit of backstory on that. And so would everybody else. So please, you've got the floor. Please tell us a bit about that. Well, the, the title came from an experience of being on the, in the Sinai in Egypt and getting off a bus too early. I was on my way to St. Catherine's Monastery. Um, I thought we'd arrived when in fact we hadn't and I got out the bus driver politely tried to tell me I, I was getting off too early and I thanked him and got off anyway um, <laughs> awkward man yeah I can I can imagine that Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> then had to walk well it's just fantastic as it turned out it was fantastic because mm. I was beneath this incredible blanket of, of stars above me and I just thought oh my gosh and it was just extraordinary there's no sort of light pollutions for well anyway it's just got so much of that and here, about yeah. Mm. yeah well this is, i mean i'm quite lucky here in Clangamac. i go out if i'm writing at night and into the garden and it's pretty it's pretty impressive i have to say but that that's stuck in my mind i looked up and saw orion's belt and thought well this is just extraordinary so that stayed in my mind and it was it was a it was a nod to that experience really um and then as i say it's, it's coming back and saying there's a sort of a number of songs which I've, I've got about 30 and i've recorded about 20 of them so there's another 10 still to do so do you have a recording studio yeah. uh, at, at home or do you record elsewhere i uh, record elsewhere yeah oh. I, I was recording with danny danny chang last time which was great great experience um i think the, ch the chances are i'll probably go on to another studio um i'd like to take it i put I chucked everything at it really at, at Orion's Belt. I wanted it to be my big, my big noise, uh, my big moment sort of musically. Um, but I, my heart is is much more in sort of um, in folk really. Mm. So I think I'd like to slim it right down to be a much more folky album. Um, do you like a bit of Jethro yeah. Tull? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Jethro Tull. My dad got me into Jethro Tull uh, back in the early days. I think the first track I ever listened yeah. to um, was. Heavy Horses, That's a, and the, the oh. original version of that track is quite something else. What I liked about uh, Jeff Utah, he inspired me a little bit, was the prog folky aspect of it and how he managed to, when you listen to his stuff, it kind of weaves in storytelling. There's, it's up, it's down, and he's, he's quite theatrical like that on stage as well with the old flute yeah. and stuff. So I found it visually yeah. uh, really good, um, and I quite like the music. So yeah, I do like a bit of folk myself. Uh, I like uh, yeah. I try to try and blend that into the music. It's nice. Yeah. I have one more question for you, Wynn. Um, but I, I'd like, but please do finish your point. That'd be amazing. But I just want to let you know that I've got one more question that I'd like to ask you. So if you'd like to finish your point, please do feel free. I'd like to hear, I want to hear some more about oh. the album. Being a being a music uh, buff myself, I, I'd, li I'd like to hear a bit more. Um, so with the, the tracks that you've got on the album, um, did you have many uh, guest uh, session musicians come in with you on that? Or? 
yeah, I think on every one we'd sort of, I again have this sort of idea of what what I felt was needed on certain tracks. Um, so people like Ksenia Porteous came in and put down some fantastic violin. Um, of course, and you got Walt Coughlin putting down fantastic bass, and you know Pete Hurley and sort of Van Morrison's uh, bass yeah, player. Yeah, see that? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. And Jane Williams has got an absolutely fantastic voice. So I wanted her sort of, I'd, I'd heard wonderful things about Jane and how lovely she was to work with. And, and she didn't disappoint in any way at all. So it was oh, just cause... lovely. It was just a, fan, a fantastic thing to do. And very proud of it, I have to say. Mm, I bet. And I just want to say for anybody listening, the violin, there's one song in particular. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I think it's. Well, I can't have remember to the it. name of it. You're I'm so sorry. I, I listened to Watch and Smile. I listened to Sweet Marie, and there was a there was another one that really gripped me. But it's got this amazing violin that just crescendos in, and it's just fantastic. But the name of the song is just completely. But I sort of have misery, in my please, brain. Uh, I'm so what? sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I could be. I said all you need. All you need. Or, that was it. That was yeah. it. It was all you need. Well done, Win. You know your music very well. That's, that's I, I, amazing. I, I sure hope he does know his music well. Um, but I, I just wanted to ask because I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of the idea of traveling the world and all that sort of stuff. And I believe that it, it really does shine light on on perspective and all that sort of stuff. But my fundamental question is, how did you know you were looking at Orion's belt? Because I, if I look up to the sky, I just see a bunch of shapes and everything's a bit weird but so i i'm, I'm curious to know whether you have um any sort of background in understanding the navigational systems of the world or, or is it just something that um you learn after the fact well going back to all you need one of the things that was inspired by my love of hill walking and mm -hmm. so i would walk all to all times of the day and night so in my early teens, mid-teens and so on, well, ever since then, really, I've been walking at all times of the day and night. So I, I understood certain sort of planetary systems and all the rest. Mm. I could recognize what, where Mars was and uh, that, that's Jupiter, that's Saturn and, and that type of thing. Um, not many, I have to say, but the plow, the big, you know, the, the big ones, Orion's Belt would have been one of those as well. Mm. So I, I recognized what it was and I, I've never, you know, I've, I've seen it here looking impressive, but it looked particularly impressive that night in, on the Sinai. So, but again, it's back to perspective. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. No, I was no, just going to say, I'll tell you what I find quite interesting about Orion's Bell is that the three main uh, pyramids in Egypt are all aligned yeah. to Orion's yeah, Bell. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty, yeah. uh, that's pretty epic. And some architecture there going on, like, I had a fantastic experience there because I, I, I was in my late 20s and I was approached by somebody, I think he was about 18, mm. and he said, come on up. And, and I said, what? You know? and, he, and I said, oh, no, there's, there's police everywhere. And he said, oh, it'll be all right. So he scampered up the third one, the smallest of the three. They're all That's absolutely the huge. Wow. Yeah, the third, um, it's not Cheops, which is the big one. Mm. Um, they're all huge. But we sat on the top and just looked over Giza and Cairo. Wow. And all oh, and that was nice. That's, That's epic. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then afterwards, <laughs> I got arrested. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me about that. One. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty risky. Oh, it. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, risky out there now, isn't it? I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it, but yeah. So you say the only things that stick in my mind that would have been one of them actually. I bet. Sitting up there, thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is just mm. absolutely extraordinary." Yeah, and then going from Cairo into Sinai. No, I, I mean, again, it probably wasn't advisable then, but I, I thought I'd risk it. 
Well, well it's, it's you know chance. sometimes the riskiest moments in our life often turn out to be some of the best. So and you the know, more and memorable. I, exactly, and I think you even just saying, you know what, I'm 18. I'm going to go halfway across the world, um, even though I've spent most of my life in this small, quiet um, village or town. You know, I think that is a massive risk to take. And for that to, you know, inspire then further travels and, and for those to ha be some of the moments that really resonate and then change who you are. I think uh, from from listening to your stories, I always get the sense that you're like a product of the earth. You're the best thing that the earth could offer up because you're somebody <laughs> nice. who has seen it, who, who has seen different parts of it, who understands how people um, work and, and sort of has an idealism behind um, the way that people should sort of think would be a more healthier thought process to have. And also the music, of course, being able to bring beauty with sound is, I mean, it, it's just a gift. So, uh, you know, I really hope that other people are as inspired by the story of your journey through life as I am, because it makes me want to go, you know what? I've been living in Brecon my whole life. I'm going to go see uh, Snowden. <laughs> that's, that's as far as I want to get thus far. But, you know, it's a little, it's a little step out of my comfort zone, but it's a step beyond, you know. Know, and I think that's what's important for us all at the moment is to go a step beyond yeah. what we're familiar and comfortable with and, you know, get a new perspective. Yeah, well, you wouldn't regret it. I mean, it's, it's, mm. it's, I wouldn't, I'd recommend to anybody. I mean, I flew, as I say, into Adelaide. We traveled all around the south coast of Australia, beyond Brisbane, up to Cairns and all these sort of places. I mean, a, a, an entirely different world to the one I'd have. Mm. Mm. You know, and, and you, you know, that had come really from reading geography book atlases and looking through uh, books that my parents had provided when we were kids. You know, it's coming from somewhere all, all the mm. time, you know, mm. but it's recognizing that there's an element of risk with everything you do. Um, and I was, I hope I haven't lost that challenge because I say I'm, I'm quite excited now about doing it again um, for how long I don't know. But, you know, once I think that's it, that's me done, something else happens. So you, you're mm. constantly being inspired to undertake new challenges, I think. You know so what, do, I think so you do should... It, do it. Absolutely. I, I, absolutely, I want to. But I think you should do a little recording along the way, you know, film some some moments. I don't know if you've got a YouTube channel or anything like that, but I think it would be an incredibly valuable yeah. thing to have your music, your history and your travelling experiences all as a sort of ready to go package for people to digest and reflect on, you know. Well, why don't oh, we um, ask, why don't we ask Wynne, um, Thomas, if... Um, you do. Do you, is there any uh, place uh, that uh, people can contact you other than your website? Have you got any on the social medias, or if you just tell uh, tell yeah. us where we can find you, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. No, thank you. I, yeah. The usual things: LinkedIn and Facebook and all that. I must say, I'm not terribly techie, so I've got to get <laughs> get my head around that. And that's, um, I tend to leave that to other people, which I I, mean, I I totally agree with you, Dylan. Some sort of running sort of profile of where I am would be would be wonderful. Mm. Really, yeah, I do have a YouTube channel. Okay. Yep. Yeah, they do, and it would be a good way of, of getting the stories and say, well, that's the Patala Palace in Lhasa, which I've dreamt about since I was, you know, six or seven, and there it is. So if I can film that and then upload it, it would be wonderful. So, but it's all about. This is the next thing I need to do. Is I'm 55 and I really need to get much more techie savvy. I think. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's hard. So um, I can sympathise on. I've had this conversation with Dylan as well as a few of friends of mine. Um, and some of us uh, at our age, of, like we find this tech, if you don't get with it, it kind of 
it leaves you leaves you behind. Um, and if you want to yeah, try and get quickly. a little bit, it does very quickly. Yeah. If you want to try and get further along in this world and the way it's developing, then you have to adjust yeah. and adapt, and it can be difficult. Um, the tech is hard, especially when you're like, um, you know, some some people are just like, look, I. I just want to sit down, I want to read a book, I may want to go in the garden, um, I maybe want to go see a show, and keep it nice and simple. I like things nice and simple, I don't like anything too complicated. Um, since with the music I found it, and with what me and Dylan doing, a little a little stressful at times, but mm. I think um, I think if you if you persevere with anything, um, the, the rewards afterwards are quite uh, overwhelming. Um, so like we're reaping some of the rewards of what we're doing now and we're just like, you know, I'm actually glad that we we got up and did something um, and decided to yeah, play on with it. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah. for people it's, um, it's important if, if they if they want to do that. Um, so your YouTube, so you obviously got a YouTube channel, you're on the socials. Um, we've got your website, which will put all the, all the tickers there and on the left and right for people to see so they can check you out um, um and one thing i would like to ask you before we let you go it's been fascinating talking to you by the way um and listening to your, your stories um what i would like to ask though is uh, do you have any other big projects that you'd like to sneak peek and give us uh, maybe uh, a heads up on can you tell us uh, is uh, what's your next um achievement what, what are you looking at doing next um, well, thank you, Adam. What, I, what I'd like to do is um, get this third book out, or the sort of the trilogy which covers this very important period in Welsh and British history. Um, I'm also then working on a, a coffee table interviews book, so I'm contacting various people. Richard, mm. So Richard Stilgo, for instance, whose father was involved in the Trwyddyn story, but has memories of playing in the cavern and loaning his, his equipment to the Quarrymen who became the Beatles. So that's a fascinating story in itself. Oh, cool, cool, um, cool. Yeah, I know. That was <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Nice. nice. Uh, Lord Peter Brook was a fantastic interview because he sort of began the what led to the peace process in Northern Ireland. So that's been brilliant to get to sit down with Lord Peter Brook and get that wow. side. Mm. And I'm also working on a children's history book as well. So there's various stories, hence why I want to go to Tibet. And so I'm, there's always things I'm always juggling ideas. So there, and then this third album would be wonderful as well. I can come back and then think, right, get stuck into a really folky. Traditional mm. folk album would be would be wonderful. So mm. the next five years are pretty much planned out one way or another. <laughs> Maybe give Jeff Hotel a, a shout. <laughs> Who? Yeah. Sorry. Jeff oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. See, see Ian Anderson's up there. Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson's doing really well at the moment. Um, although a friend yeah. in work, she's a really big Jeff Hotel fan. Um, and he did suffer with his elf, I believe, Christmas time because he likes playing these. Uh, church type uh, cathedrals so they have a really nice sound in there and yeah, i think he was quite he was quite ill uh during the ones you said but he still got it he's still as active as he could be for a guy his age you know um remember watching a documentary yeah. with my dad ages this is the first 20 years and uh i just thinking you know, they've been going about almost like 30 40 years jethro tell it's insane like and they still got a buzz for it man. I, th I think it's beautiful music um i love all forms yeah. of it um I have my niche for it, um, for what I like, but I just find it opens you up to so many elements. And uh, yeah, maybe you could uh, help me out. I'm looking for some female singers, and I just don't seem to have much luck at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I can put you in. in absolutely, no, I, I can put that. you in the right direction. Oh, any, yeah. I can, you know, play and sing myself if you want anything. 
Sounds great. Yeah, we're all, always uh, like for the studio. We just started recording. Um, now we've just done three drum tracks uh, yesterday. Um, oh. So we've uh, six. Uh, we got three songs completed. Three drum tracks done for three of the songs. There's two more tracks and then that's the album pretty much done. And then it's the tidying up and then it's the marketing and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, I've been keen to try and get... Yeah, yeah. Well, also, it's been about 20 years in the making. So it's oh, hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard going because trying to, like you said earlier, yeah. I'm trying to get the right musicians um, and the right people on board and cost and time. And, you know, most of us are work slaves yeah. and it's really difficult. But uh, yeah, and like, I'd like to get some additional, um, uh, like keyboard players just to add an accompaniment um, for one of the tracks and then female singers. So, yeah, it's, you know, hopefully I can. Uh, we could, well, who knows, right? Who knows? Okay, well, um, yeah. obviously that's our hour up, I'm afraid. Unless there's anything else you'd like yeah. to uh, talk about or plug before you go, uh, feel free. It's your platform. It's your time. Uh, no? Well, good? Thank you very much. You've been absolutely fantastic. Really yeah, appreciate the interview, gents. Yeah, it's been, it's been great having you oh. on the show. And thanks for coming back to, to redo the interview. It's been yes, great. thank you so much for yeah. your time, Wynn. I really appreciate it. I'm oh, so sure. sorry with everything that went down with the other <laughs> interview. But I, I really feel like this has been a, a very pleasant time. And I hope that the people who listen get a lot out of this interview. Because I, I know I have just being sat here and being able to chat with you. has been lovely. Thank you. Okay. Likewise, Dylan. Likewise. Thank you very much for asking me back. No problem. Well, no hopefully, problem we can get, hopefully we can get you back on the show um, when. Yeah, yeah, love, love uh, to. Yeah, yes, maybe, maybe when you're on the in the peaks of Tibet, you can uh, yes. you can zoom yes. in for us yeah. live live stream on Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be great. That'd be great. It would. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Sir. Okay. No problem. Care, All boys. the best. I'll see you soon. Cheerio then. Have Cheers. a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, my friend, how did you find that interview? I love that. I love that interview. Oh, I, I love you, you, you He's seem so brilliant. <laughs> He's a really nice gentleman. Um, he really is. He really is. And so fascinating. And, and the kind of the kind of guy that I, I, I guess, in a sense, I would kind of aspire to be, in a sense, for my own self, because I love the idea of traveling. I love the idea of doing what you're passionate about. And I love the idea of, you know, he, he thinks a lot about the process and I'm a very process driven person as well. I, I find myself wrapped up in, in the direction that things often go without any kind of plan. It just sort of happens. Um, I could see so, you well yeah, into like that, that interview. I could see you well mm. enjoy talking to him. I think he's got a fan, a big fan. <laughs> Dylan is uh, Dr. Wynn Thomas's fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, he's just a lovely guy, and you know we love having lovely people on the show. It's always a pleasure. Definitely think we should go on again. Um, mm. I think there's quite a lot more we could talk about. I mean, his his website is in is fabulous. There's a lot, absolutely, there. and we didn't cover. It'd be surprised how quick an hour goes. So yeah, let's get him back. That that'd be awesome. Um, so there we go. That that concludes uh, our show. It's not one of those spiritual well-being shows. Uh, we do those, but we also interview very interesting people and business owners. And we have a ton of them coming up um, very, very soon. We just got to try and set them in place and manage our work schedule mm. um, with the interviewers as well. So, um, yeah, so the, the end of the show, we also like to do some... Um, 
odd stuff. So um, if you're if you're a frequent listener, we normally uh, at this point start um, start our little segment where it's confessions or the other one which we seem to be doing a little bit of as well. Thoughts of the mm. day, is it, or thoughts of the week? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> inspirational thoughts. Inspirational thoughts. Do we have any inspirational thoughts, Dylan? Do you have a poem for us? I I I have been. I have written. Um, I wrote one the other day, if you're interested in I'm in always interested. It. I was just going to say um, the confession thing I'd like to do, but um, I've been a little bit rubbish lately. I've been so busy, mm. I haven't had any confessions, really. Nothing that will warrant a giggle or a laugh um, that I can think of. Oh, I see. It's all work, work, work. Mm. Um, confession, uh, you hate work. No, I love my job. I do like my job. If I'm one of the odd... Um, <laughs> I'm one of the oddities in the human species that likes their job. Um, I, <laughs> I don't. Qu- I don't mind my job. I'll. I'll say that it's just yeah. you know on any day where you'd rather spend all day in bed, it's just a bit well, of a when, drag. <laughs> when the sun's out, I'd rather be chopping at pallets. Oh um, yeah. Well, I just wish it had been sunny these past couple of days. I mean, the storms have been amazing, yeah. but insane. Yeah. So, yeah, no confessions for me today, I'm afraid. Folks, if you were looking to a get a confession, <laughs> um, I'm afraid I sadly let you down. Maybe I should be a little bit more... Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you should go out of your way to make difficulty in people's lives so you can confess. I'm always it. doing that. Oh, actually, no, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that probably is a confession. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, I, 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 yeah, actually, yeah, it is a confession. So I'll do my confession in just... Um, I actively actually go out of my way of making my manager um, (laughs) uncomfortable in work. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, I I do occasionally threaten him with um, the prospect of visiting um, certain depots uh, um, in the country if he continues to misbehave. Um, uh, threaten to lock him in a cage and send him off to a certain depot if he don't behave himself like that. But I'm not the only one, which is the odd thing. That, you know, um, but I, occasionally I do get a bit of a kick actually of um, winding him up and poking, um, pushing buttons because he gets on my nerves sometimes. You know, he's a nice chap, but sometimes he's just like. <clears throat> You so, know what? Uh, I, want to, I want to take you. I want to put you in a cage. I want to bury you under the ground. I want to let somebody else deal with your... Oh, I won't go that. I wouldn't bury him. I just... Um, <laughs> yeah, I do, all right, I leave do, his head uncovered then. <laughs> I, do, I do get a bit of a kick out of um, um, secretly annoying him. So uh, <laughs> my twisted uh, personality. Yeah. That's my twist. I like annoying people. Just a little bit. Just poking them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's it, I'm afraid, for me. It's not terribly exciting. But uh, I don't know what people are expecting <laughs> with confessions. It's like, oh. But uh, anyway, but we also do... Uh, meaningful thoughts of the day and so Dylan is going to grace us with a lovely little poem which he's entitled um, it's called The Kite because I didn't know what else to call it so I was just like eh I'll ah, just well, call mate. it that okay well uh, it's a crap title but no thank, no, you. Nice thank you very much I really appreciate that actually that's uh, that's, what, that's what I aspire to be it's just I, crap I was, <laughs> do you know what I was going to say actually what I was going to say was uh, if, if it's a working title maybe some of the audience people could Offer a title Ooh. for you, then that would be nice. <laughs> Although yeah, it might be quite be, beneficial. Just be kind, guys. <laughs> oh, hey, we won't have anything naughty and we won't have anything <laughs> unkind on this show. Um, 
Dylan knows I'm only joking when I say things. Um, no, let's have a listen to it then, my friend. Okay, I'll just shut up yakking and we're going to go into ASRM mode or whatever they call it. ASMR, yes. I'm moving close up to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love all that with the mic. <laughs> right. <laughs> just to give a little bit of background. Okay, a <clears> of background. Go. So, um... At the beginning of this week, it was incredibly sunny. Now, as you will have heard us just mention, it's been stormy, very, very stormy. But when I wrote this, it was an amazing blue sky, crystal clear, a clean, crisp day. It was, it was fantastic, and it inspired me to write this poem. <clears throat> I shuffled through the sunshine with sweat burning my back. Far on the trail, I limped and flailed as my stride took on some slack. Much too far had I now ventured, and gruelling was the climb. Any hopes of returning home summoned mournful cries, and lo, did those cries come. Far above, a silhouette lit against the sun. A kite that flies with searching eyes, desperate for the hunt. Eye to eye we meet, cry to cry we share. Both we feel the heat that suffocates the air, and both we linger there. Two worlds apart, but moving forward, indebted in our fear, exhausted in our travels, yet still nowhere near. Together we fly onward, the kite my spirit's guide, for I had found such wonder in the power of its glide that I move along its pitch, emboldened by its cry. So it's basically a poem that's about uh, feeling like I'm lost, I don't know where I'm going, I need to keep moving forward, but I'm tired, I'm exhausted. And you look up and you realise that we're all like that. No matter whether you're a human, no matter whether you're an animal, no matter whether you're a living organism of any sort, even plants have their difficulties and they are all striving to keep moving forward. Um, and so, yeah, that's just a, a little bit... Very inspirational. That. Thank I you like very that, much. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I very moving. That. Yeah, it's good. You want to start, what you want to do, right, you want to start getting your poems and putting them in a nice big leather book, right? So you write mm. them all out nice, right? And then, you know, something like that, you could get published. People love that stuff, man. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm... And you're I'm really sort good of, at it, too. You're really good at it. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. I've been doing it my whole life, so it's one of those things that I'm like... I, sort it out. Get it into yeah. print. Do something. Put it in a book, you know? Mm. That's kind of like your legacy you leave there. And the poetry yeah. is... Never gravitated towards poetry too much. I suppose maybe some people make poetry sound just like waffle. But like yeah. what you're writing, you, you do. You just get a vision and an image of where you are and what you're doing. And then it's a reflection. And you sit back and go, yeah... Thank you, man. Yeah, I, re I, I really appreciate yeah. that. I value yeah, that. No, I value that greatly. I mean it, Thank I mean you. It. Yeah, it's cool. So, yeah, do that, mate. I think you should get into print or something. Spend your days or evenings getting writing it out quite nice. What's your writing mm. like? Is it good? Not bad. No, no, it's not good, is what I meant to say. It's okay. bad. Um, but, really? yeah, I, I think, you know, I can type it up and, you know, I can... I can Because I, I have been thinking about wanting to put up a website and all that sort of stuff. It's just finding the time, the energy to just do it. You get know? off... Get off your Xbox or PlayStation and sort it out. Tidy your room, okay, and start writing your poetry. Dad, Daddy know. West has spoken. Oh, Father w Westo, the wizard, will create so. magic in my life by uh, forcing me <laughs> to, yes. to be a better person. <laughs> got to be done, mate. The only way, I like, know, man. Like Wynn Thomas said, mate, you gotta, um, you just got to drive forward, haven't you? you know? mm -hmm. Just um, got to do it. Just got to Shia LaBeouf it. 
Otherwise, you're not going to have the life experiences that he was discussing and talking about exactly. because you're too busy sat on your bum like most I of know. us do. Well, yeah. that's, you know, this is where I'm like, oh, I hate technology at this time. I, I You know, when the sun's out and everything's beautiful, mm. it's just like, I just really wish you could just take a horse along the trail like you know it's just such an, a romantic ideal for me but but yeah something is, I, I will definitely put my mind towards doing more because I want to do more it's just trying to deal with the backlog of everything else you know and know. catch it's, up it's rough hey what, what are you doing now after this oh I need to rest well I'm, I wanted to rest because I've got rehearsal tonight um but I, I also need to do some tidying and cleaning. But this is what this is what you're gonna do, Dylan, right? Mm. Listen, listen to Father West now. This is what you're gonna do, right? You're gonna take take your thoughts and your book and your notepad, and you're mm. gonna take a little stroll down by the uh, the river. You're gonna write mm. some more poetry, get reflection, then you're gonna come back home, tidy up your your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Tidy up your room, okay? Get some rest and then perform mm. tonight. That's that's quite an eventful day you have there. Yeah. Okay. And then I want to hear all about it next Thursday. Absolutely, my friend. I will, I right. Will well, it's been there. a pleasure. And, and I... if you don't do those things, I will check up with your mum. All right. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> she, Did he do she, all those things? <laughs> she always knows my whereabouts. Oh, right. And do, do me a little favour as well. Can you please tell your mum, I haven't forgotten about the drum kit and the cabinets. Mm. Okay. I know they're down there and I do really appreciate um, holding on to them for me. Brilliant. I have plans in place to eventually get them from there and be stored mm -hmm. elsewhere. Um, I'm just trying to work on that at the moment. Okay? Yeah, I understand. It's got, it can't be easy. So... All right, Dylan, I'll let you be, mate. You always have a good day, and thank you for the day, sir. I will catch up with you soon. I'm sure Morton will be very pleased and happy that we've done this interview. I will oh, let you yeah. know in the WhatsApp chat now if it's come out all right, okay? So take Lovely. care, buddy, and have a good day, all right? You too, man. You have a good one. And to all our listeners, thank you for watching. Thank you.